Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Film Studies Club podcast. I am your host, Robert Burke. I'm my co-host. Yeah, your co-host. I'm co-host Pahul Chabra. And this is the new podcast that we are trying out right now. And oh, he's taking his shoes off. This is a uh, new podcast we're trying out right now. It was an idea that we had before this whole Corona thing <clears throat> happened. But now that it has happened, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to try to reach out to the people who, you know, usually go to Film Studies Club to keep them informed on the world of movies. And also, it's just a, it's a fun podcast, additionally, you know? But is, is linking it to the Film Studies Club, like, limiting our you know, viewer base, well, no, listener base. Well, no, I think we're more people than just Film Studies Club are going to watch it. But I mean, the, it, it's called that in the title. And that's kind of the original idea of the podcast. Well, we can't limit it to like, you know, like no, 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 no. Throwing no. references and inside jokes about Film Studies Club. Like, <laughs> oh, Dobson is awesome or something like that. You know, we can't do that. Well, know? there's no inside jokes to make about Film Studies Club. I don't know. There's a lot of them. No, there's not. <laughs> I don't know. There's no inside club. I mean, I mean that club has a culture for sure. I just don't think that there's any inside jokes within that club. I think calling it a culture is too far. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not really a culture. Well, what else would you call it? The community. Uh, and in communities, they form this connection with each other, and they form this special thing about with each other. Like and it's called s- culture. Like a, a set of beliefs, not really a culture. Like a set of shared experiences, not really a culture. Well, then it's not a community either. It's a community. There's a bunch of people there. I, there's okay. You know what? <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the structure of the podcast. So here is what the regular structure will be, which we probably won't actually be executing for at least two months because of this whole coronavirus thing. But here's how it lays out. We start out by reviewing all the movies from the previous weekend. So today is Wednesday, March 18th. We review all the movies from Friday, March 13th which is, you know, the previous weekend. So we'll try to see as many of those movies as we can, and we will review them. Then we will go on to review a movie that is kind of a combination of the uh, movies that we have just talked about, which today you'll see what that is. It's a bit hard to explain. Um, Afterwards, we will go into reviewing a mobile game, which this is Pahul's big segment because he loves mobile games. Uh, After that, we will go into the new releases coming out and the box office, and we will talk about new movies releasing on video on demand. So that will be the general layout of the podcast. Every week we'll have new movies, but for the meantime, while this whole corona thing is going on, we will be discussing uh, just general themes. However, we got one weekend of movies in before all the movie theaters closed. That's true, but I didn't watch any of them. Yeah, because you couldn't. Yeah. His, uh, his mom kept him from going to the movie theater because of the coronavirus concerns, which makes sense, but I was just not going to stop going. In fact, uh, just today, Cinemark 14 and XD closed its doors. What? Yeah. And so Whoa. did Cinemark 8. And uh, oh, Who cares about Cinemark 8? Right. Valley 11 is still open. Again, However, um, all Cinemark movie theaters, all Regal movie theaters, and all AMC movie theaters across the country have closed. Yeah, my dad's very sad about it. Is he really? Yeah. Why? Well, because he likes movies. A lot of people <laughs> like movies, bro. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's it's pretty like phenomenal because movie theaters don't close for anything. I mean, movie theaters uh, didn't close for nine eleven. They didn't. Well, but to be fair, you can't really spread nine eleven from person to person by coughing. You can. You can spread the coronavirus. Well, I mean, I think even H one N one like movie well, theaters didn't close down. I don't know. H one N one was a was a different deal, you know. It was. Wasn't H one N one like? Didn't it affect teenagers more? Okay, 
I'm not sure about any of that because I was I was like a kid during that, you know. I was like yeah. really little. It's it's crazy though that like I mean we'll probably see another pandemic like this in our lifetimes. Yeah, hopefully not as uh widespread though, because this is really dull. You know, I'm just sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, I mean school was canceled for us, which I mean has its positives and has its negatives. Yes. But I think I mean every single kid that I know on their Instagram and Snapchat is posting about how bored they are. And I mean, what's that gonna be like? I'm for the never mind. I'm not saying <laughs> names. Uh, you can like you you can use code names. I don't think Enrique is very sad about it. I saw him biking with his buddies earlier. Well, yeah, that's true. But a person named uh, Pela Kreis, um, she posted to her story Ooh, saying how bored she that's, was. That's clever, yeah. And I think um, Dilla Wavis also posted Damn. about how bored she was. Um, uh, an additional note about the podcast that I forgot to mention is that this podcast will be, for the most part, family clean. Uh, we will only oh, use words just, damn and hell. Thank no, God. No, thank no, God. it's okay to okay, use that. Yeah, okay. um, but we will not be using any bad words. We want this for college apps, so no bad words here. Don't say that. What do you mean? Don't say you want this for college Well, no, apps. that's not the reason that we're doing it. Uh, Nick, Nick can edit it out if he if he feels the need <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, please edit this one out, Nick. <laughs> okay anyways let's so you want to start talking about some movies uh sure yeah jump right in bro all right so the first movie that i saw this weekend but <laughs> who and i had a discussion before about how um the places that uh these podcasts are recorded are usually very warm so he took his jacket off very nice shirt uh, it's just black for those of the for those listening it's a long sleeve black shirt that's quite tight fitting i think it uh it looks quite nice, Paul. Thank you, you. You look like that uh, Chinese Steve guy Jobs. from Beemun. Never mind. <laughs> I know. No, Steve Jobs, didn't he wear... Wait, he wore a black shirt and yeah, jeans exactly. every day. Yeah, exactly. This is the look I'm going for. I know, but didn't he wear like a black t-shirt instead of a black long sleeve shirt? Hmm. Wasn't the, about that. Wasn't the reason for that was that he didn't want to waste mental energy on what he was going to wear? I think that was Einstein. You're confusing Steve Jobs with Einstein. No, I swear to God that Steve... No, see, no, no. this is when we need Nick to fact check this. Well, I'll just do it. You'll fact check. Okay, he's fact checking that. In the meantime, I will review Bloodshot. So this is a movie, a comic book adaptation. It's based on Variant Comics, I believe. Valiant or Variant is the name of the uh, studio. And it's not Marvel. It's not DC. It's something completely different. They were kind of trying to start their own cinematic universe with it. It stars Vin Diesel and uh, Eiza Gonzalez, who was in uh, Baby Driver. She was the one who was married to, I think his name is John Hamm. Anyways, the movie is directed by Dave Wilson, and this is actually his first time directing a movie. I was not super looking forward to Bloodshot. Y yes, I, I just I'm not really paying attention to what you're saying. And I think it's like detrimental to the podcast. So how about we just say that? Yes, yeah, Steve Jobs did wear one outfit because you want to save his mental power. OK, so I won that argument is what you're saying. Fine, yes. You OK, anyways, uh, this movie, it <clears throat> followed. I wasn't super excited for it um, because the trailers revealed a lot of the story. Is this Bloodshot? Yes, this is Bloodshot. Okay. I feel like when you have a movie and the trailer gives away a lot of the plot details, that is a big red flag on the quality of the movie 
Yeah, like, I think of, uh, what was that one with Barbara? The one where they go to, like, the place. (laughs) Barb and Star go to visit. Exactly. See, that trailer didn't reveal anything. Not even their faces. And I think that was a very well done trailer because of that. (laughs) Me and Robert would not be sitting here talking about it if they just revealed their faces, you know? Yeah, that that, that is true. Uh, Do you think that movie's going to get delayed? Uh, I think a lot of movies are going to get delayed, you know. Well, that one's that one's Corona. That one's kind of safe because it's in July. But I mean, what if a big movie is opening on that same weekend? You know, could that take away from the box office? I don't for think it? they're expecting a lot of money. You know, like you can't make a movie like that and expect to have a okay. billion dollars. Here's the thing: it's a boomer movie, right? Like it's a movie made for so, sixty. So and we're older. using the B word. <laughs> it's not a bad word. Okay, here's the deal: Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah, that so. opened at the end of July and made like i think it was 36 we need a fact checker usually we're gonna have fact checker nick here but he's asleep currently um i believe that uh, once upon a time in hollywood made 36 million dollars opening weekend but i mean that just goes to show that you can have boomer movies open in that that boomer sweet spot of july once upon a time in hollywood yeah because it's totally 30.1 30.1 million still pretty significant it's a boomer movie because it's like open. It's totally meant for like older people who were alive during the '60s during Hollywood, or younger people who are curious about the culture, like me. Well, yeah, I mean, but we're special cases. I don't think many people at our school saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know Enrique did. Oh, did he? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, continuing with Bloodshot, um, this movie, the plot follows Vin Diesel, uh, and his character name is Ray Garrison. Wow. Uh, He's this ex-military dude, and he... there's this weird guy who in the movie he dances to psycho killer like by the talking heads oh yeah so he's dancing to psycho killer and then he kills his wife and then suddenly he wakes up and his body which has been killed was donated to this uh organization or that's what they say it was donated to this organization that's developing um biomedical technology wait 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 so vin diesel dies uh yes it's oh so his that's body what he gets, believes yeah yeah what he, he believes so he doesn't really die uh it's very tricky it, it okay so here's the deal the trailer reveals a lot about the movie so i'm gonna reveal the plot deals details that are in the trailer but i will not reveal any plot details that were not in the trailer so Smart. the thing is in the trailer they kind of leave it up to interpretation whether he was dead or alive that's a stupid, it's a superhero movie. Anyway, I haven't even gotten to finishing the plot yet. But um, he, they work on his body and essentially he can get shot or punched. And when he gets shot or punched, he instantly heals. There's these little robots in his body that run around and heal the wound instantly. So like Wolverine. He's basically like, yeah, Wolverine or like Deadpool. Or Mr. Uh, Incredible. Uh, I don't think Mr. Incredible was invincible. But he was really strong. He was really freaking strong, but I don't think he was invincible. Anyways, uh, so using this, he decides to go search for the people who killed his wife. And that is the plot that is revealed to you in the trailer. That reveals about 50% of the movie. Well, I mean, it's a superhero movie. You're not, you're not going to get a lot of complex plots in there, are you? Right. But another detail that they kind of reveal in the trailer is that maybe the organization is that every time that he goes out to do this, he ends up getting, uh, I think so, he ends up getting rebooted or something and they bring him back and use him again. It's basically the corporation that has put this biotechnology in him is evil. That's what they put away. That's what they reveal in the trailer. And that is like middle of the movie. You know how like usually in the middle of the movie, there's some big turning point. 
in screenwriting, it's called the midpoint of the movie. Uh, that was the midpoint of the movie was that discovering the organization was evil. So okay. when a movie gives away something like that, it's pretty detrimental. So for about 50% of this movie and really the part where it was supposed to hook me, I didn't care at all because I knew exactly the way that it was going to go. Which was, I think, hugely detrimental to the movie. So you think the plot was bad? I think that the plot could have been done a lot better. And even the way it was, it was fine. But knowing how the movie starts and knowing basically everything about like 50 to an hour, 50 minutes to an hour into this movie, it was detrimental to it. I was bored and I was really wanting it to be over. And that bored feeling where I just couldn't get invested in the movie, it lasted all the way until the ending. So even at the ending, when they're trying to do new things and have new twists, I just didn't care because I was not invested from the beginning. And it doesn't help that they cast Vin Diesel in the lead because one, he's not a great actor. Okay, I just want, I was I was gonna ask that question. Yeah, yeah, he he's not a great actor, but also his character is really boring. He's just this military guy who, like in the movie, he has sex with his wife, and then his wife is in a chair so and she gets the S word too. <laughs> I mean, I, sex is not a bad word, is it? Well, for B words, it is. Boomers. Boomers think sex is a very bad word. <laughs> you can use... Okay, we're going to make a list of words that you can use on this podcast. I'm writing it down right now. Okay. We can use damn. Uh, and we'll, th This list is open to adaptation as uh, time goes on. We have Good. damn, hell, sex, and boomer. Coronavirus had that to it. <laughs> coronavirus is not a bad a word. A lot of people are scared of the coronavirus. <sighs> All right, fine. So, actually, did you know that YouTube is demonetizing videos that I mention saw that, coronavirus yeah. in it? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, if, if we put this on YouTube, it can't be monetized. So if this gets like oh, millions of views, gosh, darn it. maybe Nick can just put a bleep every time they mention coronavirus. Nick doesn't even know that he's going to edit this yet. Oh, he doesn't? <laughs> no. Actually, to be fair, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so. I, I kind of just thought about it while I was doing it. Anyways, so yeah, I didn't, I wasn't really a big fan of Bloodshot. I think knowing the plot going in, having an unlikable lead that doesn't have a whole lot of charisma or personality behind him. And generally the movie is really poorly lit. And admittedly, it's a stylistic choice because the whole movie is really, really dark. But I think that oh, stupid. it only works for very few movies. And the intention is, oh, it's like this cool, <clears throat> sleek tone if we make it dark, you know? But the problem with Bloodshot is that I couldn't see what was happening for a lot of the movie. And I went, especially going into this movie feeling tired, I went in feeling tired and then the whole movie was so dark that I felt like my eyes were closed while watching it. So I just really couldn't pay attention to it. See, the thing is that, okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. So what if they replaced Vin Diesel with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? <laughs> because I think he's a better actor than Vin Diesel. So I, I, I do uh, contend with that. I think that <clears throat> Dwayne The Rock Johnson would not have fit with this movie with the kind of tone and style that it was going for. Jumanji tone. Right. It's, it's not like the thing with Vin Diesel is that he can do these like darker, more serious movies where Dwayne is more of a like fun, super charismatic guy. Awesome. I think Dwayne hasn't done too many like darker movies. Uh, the problem with this movie, I think as well, is that it just takes itself so seriously so I think if you kept a tone like this, then Vin Diesel would fit better than Dwayne The Rock. But I think that if this movie was actually more focused on being fun and went more in a direction that would indicate having Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it, I think it would have been a far more 
just far better movie. So how's the how's the box office returns looking for this movie? Okay, so uh, we are going to discuss that later in the podcast during our box office segment. Whoa, okay, bro. but um, currently, just I, say if it's successful or not. Don't give me any it's figures. Very unsuccessful so far. Okay, but do you think that's because of the coronavirus? I think Corona or not, this movie would have not been very successful. I just don't think that it came out at the right time. I don't think that they. Uh, did enough publicity for it because even me being a huge movie fan i didn't realize it was coming out march 13th until like we were um in berkeley like that weekend march 6th the weekend of march 6th that's when i figured out that it oh, was wow. and for me does. a guy who like researches this stuff and mm -hmm. looks at schedules all the time is a bit of a problem don't hit your knee on the table I'm it'll make the audio my... go blue, 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 blue. Fine. Don't touch the table, man. It's like sacred space. Uh, no, 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 no. You can't go that far back because then they can't hear you. Okay, bro. Make a decision. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I think that is good for Bloodshot. Did you have any interesting facts to share with us? Uh, sure, yeah. Some interesting facts. Um, right before he does, I will say that my score for Bloodshot <coughs> is going to be a 3 out of 10. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any, any interesting facts? On the, Bloodshot the is one of the most popular characters in the in Valiant universe. In the Valiant universe, yeah, I think that's like probably Superman. why they chose to um, start it with him. Is there anything about like production that's interesting? Production, production. <laughs> I feel like a parrot right now. <laughs> like, because I'm asking you to just spew stuff out of your mouth. Yeah. Dave, David, I don't, I don't know his name, so I'm not going to try to, it's, it's a weird last You know name. what, you know what, that's fine, just look up The Hunt. This is Dave stay. Wilson's feature film debut. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that at the beginning. Just, just go to The Hunt, that, that, this has a way more. So that is a good transition into our next movie. In case you're confused. Is that a um, good transition? I think so. How so? You, how can we do it better? Okay, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. We're just going to push forward. This, this movie's really violent. Yeah, like? Like The Hunt. A go. very violent awesome. movie. Awesome. Uh, in fact, The Hunt was very controversial at the time it was originally supposed to come out. This movie was supposed to release on September 27th, 2019. It was, But when it came out, it was facing a lot of controversy about violence in media causing violence in real life. Uh, in fact, you remember Joker, right? <laughs> I do remember Joker. Right. I think so, yes. The political climate around Joker made it a very questionable movie. In fact, they often had police guards at the movie theater wow. because they were worried about it getting shot up. Uh, the Hunt was supposed to open a week before The Joker. So being a violent movie about liberals killing deplorables, it was just a tough movie to come out during that time. And they decided to push it back all the way until now, March 13th. And what's interesting about The Hunt is that, is that it's not really worth all of the controversy, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, the movie is very political and it has some pretty bad violence in it. But the majority of the violence in the movie, like the bad violence, is in the first like 10 minutes. And then after that, it's not like absolutely horrible or anything. Well, but, you know, it's like Saving Private Ryan. You know, Saving Private Ryan, the first, like, 15 minutes or whatever, it's horrible. And after that, it's like, you know what, whatever. It's like just another war movie. Well, I don't, I don't think it's whatever. It's one of the best-reviewed war movies of all time. Fine, but it's the best... But violence-wise, there's not a lot left after that opening sequence. That's true. But, you know, I think the opening sequence is enough to, like, cause some controversy. Side note, have you seen Saving Private Ryan? 
I saw it two days ago. I have actually never seen it. Maybe that's one we should review for the podcast. We should. We should do war movies. Anyways, that's a discussion for another time. So The Hunt, as I mentioned earlier, follows the story of these elite liberals that go and shoot and kill uh, deplorables or like Trump lovers or hicks for fun. And it, mean. it mostly follows this one woman who is a one of the deplorables, but she's very smart. And she's able to out outmaneuver these uh, liberals pretty well. She's Hillary Swank, uh, which is very well known oh. actress. The, uh, the, uh, the computer recording this audio just had a black screen, but it's it's all still good. Uh, so the hunt, I went in. I was actually looking forward to it a little bit because oh. I think that a movie that would incite controversy will just be entertaining no matter what. And I enjoyed The Hunt. I actually like this movie, but I think it has a big problem with its message because it's a very politically for a very politically emotional movie, I guess you could say. Like it's very strong and passionate. Passionate was the word I was looking for. But the the whole political thing is that it's against left and right. And what's interesting is that usually in movies they display they you know display the rightists as these rich CEOs of like big companies mm -hmm. and the left are these like middle-class people fighting for a chance. They switch it here. They present the liberals as these rich people who are able to literally buy people's lives. And they represent these deplorables as the poor hick type, which is interesting for a movie to do. My problem with that is that the movie ended up becoming far more about the rich and the poor than being about the left and the right. So you think it should have been about the left and the right? I think that the movie needed to... I think it should have been about the rich and the poor. Because the movie spends so much of its time focusing on left and right. And there's tons of political jokes throughout the movie. Like, there's these older liberal people, and they say... And they are talking about, like, NPR and stuff like that. I mean, What's it's... funny about that? Well, I love MP NPR. Well, I, I realize the jokes that they say in the movie might not be, you know... Uh, great to say during this podcast. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you after the recording. You better, bro. I will. You uh, can text her to me right now. <laughs> I, I would prefer not to because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, pay attention oh, yeah, to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, zoning, yeah. Anyways, so I think by focusing on the left and the right, the movie actually lost a lot of its stride. And the other problem is, is that the movie, you know how politically a lot of people... <laughs> Paul's eating a donut, by the way, in case you couldn't hear. Uh, a lot of people who... I'm about to ask you a question, so I wouldn't take another oh, yeah, bite. Okay. <laughs> the people who uh, are... You know how in politics, moderates are usually displayed as being like kind of spineless. Like they're kind of like, oh, you're not really taking a stance on anything. You're not... You don't have any strong opinions. You're just kind of this moderate that's trying to make everybody happy. And that can kind of make you like spineless, you know? Uh -huh. oh, there's that general consensus around it. That's what this movie feels like. It's making fun of everybody. And by doing that, it pleases nobody. So there's no real strong message coming through. And for a political satire like this, it needed a message. Anyways. Uh... <sighs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally like losing it. Right I got, now. I got, I'll take over. Okay. So I feel like I would have watched The Hunt if it were free, but I wouldn't watch it like specifically go to a movie theater and watch it. That's a lot of, that's like a, a lot of movies are like that for me. I don't see the point and I know this is mean and stuff and like the people deserve their money and movies take a lot of like 
work to do, but I don't care. Anyway. So, Are you out? So, the, you know, movies like this you would rather watch for free. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's actually a good segue into our next part. Right before I do, um, you might want to pull up some interesting facts about The Hunt. Did you read it over them? Are there any interesting facts? Nope. No. No. <laughs> I think you need to not eat donuts on the next episode. Anyways, I... Yeah, yes. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to give The Hunt. I am going to give it a uh, 6 out of 10. It's an entertaining a movie. 4 out of 10 for me. You haven't seen it. Well, from what I heard. <laughs> it's kind of a spineless movie, but it's entertaining. If you want to check it out and you're a little bit sad because, oh, movie theaters closed because of coronavirus, mm -hmm. uh, Universal Studios, who is responsible for The Hunt, is actually doing something really interesting. They are putting The Hunt on video on demand now. But and, for a higher, for like a markup, right? Right. They're putting it on for $20 for, to rent it. Which, if you think about that, that seems like a lot of money, but yeah. say you have, you know, say it's you and your wife, and you're sitting at home and you're watching this movie. I wish. If you went, <laughs> If you went to the theater, you both would have spent at least $10 on the two tickets, as well as the money you would have spent on popcorn and a drink. That's at, like, minimum, like a $32 plus outing. Plus gas, plus gas. Plus gas. If you're renting it at home, it's 20 bucks, and you get to eat the food that you have at home. And no gas. Right. So it may seem like a lot of money because if you think about video on demand and you think about some of the recent VOD releases, they're usually like seven, six bucks at the most. Mm -hmm. But this 20 bucks thing, it makes sense. Other movies coming to VOD include Emma and The Invisible Man. Okay, but what confuses me is that what's stopping someone from just putting that online, you know? Right, that's the problem with VOD <clears throat> and why you don't really see huge movie studios doing that uh, with The Hunt. Is that it? It's too it's too dangerous to upload something to VOD because it's very easy to just put it online illegally. Mm -hmm. It's not like the majority of people would watch a movie illegally, though. Most people would not. I think that there's probably twenty to twenty five percent of people out there that would illegally watch a movie. But I think a lot of people are still very scared about viruses and what those kind of websites entail. Like boomers. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we can use that word. We're gonna yeah, use it so it's much. Very Freedom of speech. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, not too much freedom of speech. There's certain exactly. words that we yeah, can't yeah. use on this well, yes, uh, podcast. Course. Anyways, uh, so I think it's interesting. But the most interesting thing with the VOD thing is that they are releasing Trolls World Tour Whoa. on VOD. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about Trolls World Tour is that this movie was supposed to come out in theaters on April 10th. They're still giving it a release in theaters on April 10th to as many movie theaters are open. And who mm. knows how many it'll be at that point, how long this Corona thing will go on for. A long time, yeah. Yeah. So really, it's going to be a VOD movie and they're offering it for the same price of $20. I think that's really interesting because you're going to get the majority of your money from VOD releases for that movie. I think it's really the first time where we've had a big major studio take a movie that was supposed to come out in theaters and put it on VOD for like 20 bucks for a higher price. And I'm really interested how this is going to turn out. So this is a very like, seems like a very historic time for cinema. Because it, like you have movie, like you have, what you mentioned before that like this is the first time since I don't know the 40s or 50s or whatever where there's no movies being released for like a month or something. Oh yeah, it, it's it's definitely the first time in at least three or four decades That's since crazy. we That's haven't insane. had. And the more and more movies are getting pushed back. Just yesterday, or two days ago, I think it was, they announced that Black Widow got oh, pushed wow, back okay. from its May 1st release. 
They announced the pushback of the Lovebirds. Even these smaller movies that aren't getting the publicity that the bigger movies do for a movie like A Quiet Place or Mulan, they're they're moving and it's really leaving April as like this dry season. The next movie that's supposed to come out in theaters is Saint Maud, which is a A24 movie. Ooh. But even then, by April 10th, is this all going to be cleared up? Are movie theaters going to open again? Oh, I doubt it. Because AMC said it. 6 to 12 weeks is like the range that 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 they'll reconsider opening theaters again six weeks from now i mean saint maude would be a financial disaster if they did Mm -hmm. that so i really wouldn't be surprised if we don't see movies or movie theaters reopening until late may early june it could be a while which is it's it's such an interesting situation we've really never seen something like this before with the movies and i think that vod i wonder how many more movies are going to go for the vod option i don't think the small ones will it just seems kind of stupid, you know? You don't think the small ones will go for the VOD yeah, option? Yeah, I don't think so. Why is that? But I, don't, I don't know, with a small movie, like a small, I don't know, like an artistic movie. Like St. Maude, like an A24 yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't see people like, you know, who are sitting at home with nothing to do. I don't think they're going to want want to watch a movie like that. You know, a movie that makes them think and stuff. Great. Um, I, scoot forward a little bit. You're, you're coming off a little quiet, I think. I think that they're... <laughs> Not that loud. You you can just talk normally. <laughs> I think that they're gonna want to watch movies like Mulan or something, you know, because it's like big stuff. You know, it's big stuff. Right. So the debate around that is that big movies like that need to release in theaters to make money. If you think about it, like even if you have Mulan, that's that's a family movie. Families of like, imagine a family of six. Say they off to spend fifteen dollars on a ticket. That's ninety dollars against twenty dollars at home. Huh. That's a yeah. huge, significant, and especially if people, if enough movies do it, and people are like, oh, like, and they invite 10 to 15 people to come over to their house to watch, you know, a movie, that's, you know, 15 times 10, that's $150. And they just spend it on this $20 thing. That's why I think only the smaller movies can really do it, which is interesting Trolls World 2 works. I think that's kind of like a middle movie. It's not a smaller movie, and it's definitely not a bigger one. And that one interestingly enough also appeals to families well but shoot i forgot what i was gonna say Man, this sucks <laughs> yeah i know sucks. i know um anyways i think that i got it oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. okay so i'm hearing a lot of negative about this vod thing so do you think it's already a failed experiment I think that it's an experiment that has gone not great in the past. I mean, mm-hmm. movies that are the movies that go straight to VOD are either really bad or so low in budget that it doesn't matter that they're going there. Uh-huh. I think financially, just thinking about it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think that it really works out. However, you really, I mean, say Trolls World Tour makes 300, 400 million based off of VOD releases. That seems pretty... That's about how much it probably would have made in theaters, maybe more. That so... Yeah, optimistic. It's very it's, optimistic. It's optimistic, but I mean, Trolls World. I think the first Trolls had a budget around 50, 60 million. I have a fun fact about that movie. Yes, we graduated to that movie. We like did the song to the like, song yeah, in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Graduated eighth grade. Yeah. So it's interesting now yeah. that it's coming out all these years later. Damn. Yeah, I know. I can use that word. Yes, <laughs> you can use that word. Anyways, uh, we're about at a half point in the podcast right intermission. now. Intermission. No, we don't. We don't have intermissions. Oh, okay. Uh, if if you need to pause uh, and you want to come back, we will let there be five seconds of silence right now for that. So go take your pee break, pause, and come right back after these five seconds. They of could silence. have paused any time. You realize that. Yeah, right? but I think leaving seconds, it's like a nice little gesture, you know. Fine.
Did we start at 39? <laughs> All right, that's fine. That's a long enough pause. Okay, so the next movie that came out on March 13th theatrically is I Still Believe. Uh, you might want to look this one up on that IMDb. That stupid, but okay. This is a movie directed by the brothers, I think they're brothers or cousins, I don't know, who made the film I Can Only Imagine. Do you remember that one? I remember you talking to me about that. It was... I was playing Civilization Six. Oh, yes. Anyways, <laughs> I can imagine... Are we going to review that one? By the way, side note, are we going to review uh, it's, it's Civilization It's 60 bucks, 6? bro, so like... It's, you paid $60 for no, a phone no, app? It was free for like a while during Christmas. Wait, so right now it's like 60 bucks to get the app? I'm looking this up. The full on, yeah. The full on app? I, uh, I have to look this up. Anyways, I Still Believe was a movie directed by the brothers who made the movie I Can Only Imagine. And I Can Only Imagine was a bit of a... Oh, no, it's free, Paul No, no, no. Go to in-app purchases. The full game, wait. The full, full game. game is 20 bucks. Oh, I thought it was 60. Uh, anyways, we, very expensive. we can figure that out. Yeah, that's a bit too expensive for this podcast. Mm -hmm. So I Still Believe... Uh, I've already said three times who the directors yeah, are. Yeah, you have. <laughs> And I can only imagine was a bit of a, it stood out to me because a lot of these re religiously based movies, I just don't see because I myself am not religious. So it's just not interesting to me to go out and see these religiously based movies. However, I actually did like, I can only imagine. And I think it's definitely cheesy and it's totally like a preach into the choir religious movie mm -hmm. as almost every single one is. But what I liked about I Can Only Imagine is that it didn't start and stop with telling a story about God saving these people. Mm -hmm. It actually went over what it was, what like the life of this musician that it followed. And it followed him from when he was a very little kid all the way up until he was older. And towards the third act of the movie, uh, where it deals with his dad kind of becoming a different person because of God, that's when I started to disconnect from it a little bit, again, because I'm not a religious person. But I think for a majority of the movie, there were things to like about it, be they cheesy, because... <laughs> wow. I just said, be they cheesy. <laughs> Because it was lighthearted, it was enjoyable, and I think, <clears throat> I think I can only imagine is a rare exception of a religiously based movie that I really enjoyed. So that's why I went and saw I can I still believe because these brothers have made a religiously based movie that I like before. But don't you watch all movies? I I usually stay away from religiously based okay. movies just because okay. I can't personally relate mm. to them. Like last year, I didn't see Breakthrough. I didn't see Overcomer. Um, I just, That's I don't. a lot of religious movies. There, there's quite a few that come out. It's like one, at least once every four months, usually, usually more frequently. So I still believe wasn't quite getting the reviews that I can only imagine did. Uh, and the story is very similar to I can only imagine. It follows this singer and it follows him instead of from when he was little, it follows him kind of when he's going into college mm -hmm. and he meets this girl and he falls Hot. in love with her. <laughs> okay Paul uh, he falls in love with her and they form a special relationship but it turns out that she has a cancer that is like eating away at her body kind of like that one movie Fault in Our Stars yeah yeah it's yeah, like a religious awesome. Fault in Our Stars and it's about you know how she doesn't have much time left and he is just praying and hoping that she stays healed and I was not a big fan of I Still Believe now I will admit fully you know when you're at home 
and you're watching a movie that's just kind of boring. So occasionally you'll take out your phone and look at it. Like if you think about something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody does it. I was the only one in the theater for I Still Believe. And this movie was like boring me like crazy. So I had tons of thoughts rolling through my head. If I thought about something and I had to look it up on my phone, I just did. So to be fair, uh, no shame, I was a bit distracted while watching I Still Believe. Given that the fact that the movie couldn't wrap me in and it led to me taking out my phone and thinking about other things while watching it, I think that's a bit of a problem with the movie in general. And uh, because but of that... do you think that you not being religious plays a role? Like, if there was a religious Robert Burke right now, would he have pulled out his phone? See, I don't know because I'm not a religious Robert Burke, but what I can say is I can only imagine did not bring out the urge in me to think about other things right. and look at my phone. And, I mean, it's not great to compare one movie to another, but they're so similar. They're both about singers. They're by the same directors. They start with I. Sake. They start with I. They do start with I, and they sound very similar. Very, I can they, only yeah. imagine. Yeah, I, I, I still believe. Confused. I kind of got confused <laughs> in the middle of that. Yeah. I wonder if uh, some of the listeners did, too. You can't call them viewers because they're not watching anything. Good, good catch. Yeah. Uh, so because of that, I still believe it, it didn't have as much appeal to me as a non-believer. <clears throat> still, I commend these brothers for making religiously based movies where religion isn't the whole entire movie. Because that can be a problem, especially with the movie we're about to talk oh, about. Yeah. Uh, it can be a bit of a problem when the whole movie is focused on religion because yeah. you lose any religious viewers instantly. And if, at the end, if you want to start preaching to the choir and your movie is about religion towards the end of it, that's completely fine. I yeah. mean, that's expected. Understandable, yes. But at least I still believe attempted to do that. Still, this movie was very formulaic. It had all the cheese that I can only imagine did without any of the emotion. So in the end, I just wasn't a big fan of it. I will give, I still believe, a 4.5 out of 10. Awesome. That's my rating. Any other comments on that one? Or can we cross it off the list? I think you can go off and cross it off because there's no trivia for this movie <laughs> on IMDb except for two two facts. And both of them are very boring. All right. Well, this next one, I'm going to let you actually start the movie discussion on it. It is a movie that we watch now. As I mentioned earlier, we are going wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm... Oh, I'm yes. Sorry. Okay. One, one a concert fact. scene from the film was filmed at Hangout Fest in Alabama and features real concert goers. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Cool. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh at the, cool. I'm, I'm thinking I, it, they're probably talking about the one at the end of the movie. Because at the very end, he sings, I, can, I Still Believe. Oh, uh, okay. I keep on wanting to call it, I Can Still Believe. Oh, God. It's a <laughs> name. Um, but he sings it at the end of it, and it looked very <laughs> much like real audience goers. Probably was, yeah. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. So... Anyway, back on track. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to try to find a movie that is a combination of the movies from the previous week. So that means any wide release movies and any movies that are opening and limited that were pretty significant. One that opened last week that was pretty significant and limited was called Never Rarely, Always Sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was a movie about abortion. So I very was, tricky topic. Very. I was logging my brain to try to figure out a movie that we could talk about. And I ended up finding a movie that brings in the religious elements of I Still Believe. Awesome. The political controversy of The Hunt. What could go wrong? And the abortion aspects of Never Rarely Always Sometimes. Yay. And to, with a pinch of comic book, the poster kind of looks like a comic book. Did you see the poster? I saw the poster and I don't see the comic book. It's like it Maybe looks... it's because after I saw the blood from the movie that it just <laughs> seemed tainted to me. Well, I mean, it kind of looks like a uh, like it's like it's hand drawn is what I'd say. Speaking of which, 
Can we say the V word? Uh, uh, exactly. It's a bit See, of a touchy a, word. Yeah, that, that is a very touchy word. Yeah. See, doesn't it look like it's kind of hand drawn? View uh, listeners. It looks like anime. It looks like anime. Listeners at home, look up the poster for Unplanned right now and tell me that it doesn't look hand drawn. She looks like that girl from that one movie with the big eyes, Alita: Battle Angel, or whatever. Uh, I don't. I don't see that at all. But I mean. Mm, Sris Clinkard loves that movie. Sris <laughs> <laughs> Clinkard. Anyways, so Pahul, you actually watched this one. You watched Unplanned. I did watch this one. Yes, so I did. why don't you uh, tell us what you thought about Unplanned? Well, um, Robert recommended this movie to me, and I was like, okay, you know what? Why not give it a Why not give it a watch? Uh, of course, I did not pay for this movie. I would never pay for this movie. Um, I, I believe this movie has the same people who made God's Not Dead. It's by the same production studio, Pure yeah. Flix. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, I, wa- I looked it up and I watched it and it was a horrible, horrible movie. I watched it while I was eating Panda Express, I believe. And I could not finish my orange chicken because of this movie. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's a very sad topic for me. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Aren't there some other? What, what what do you think generally of like the structure of the movie and how it how it tells its story about abortion? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's actually a good. Thank you. Um, so the movie starts off with this woman who has a. Wait, what? Oh my god, I'm forgetting. The, it, the the woman. The woman is walking into. She she's she works at Planned Parenthood, which is like the place where you get an abortion from. Right, she's like one of the higher ups there. Yeah, she's like really high up there, and good for her, but. Um, as you'll soon find out after the opening sequence where she sees a baby getting sucked out of the womb and, and the doctors, whatever it's, there's a lot of blood involved and the doctors like beam me up Scotty when the baby gets sucked out. It's a horrible, it's a horrible scene. And she goes and cries in the, in the bathroom and then she switches off and she becomes religious, which I find very strange, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, she was religious before she but experienced like, it. How can you just... How can you not know that that's how, like, it's an abortion. I mean, you should have, you know, it's like, it's just a stupid thing. Like, you should have known that if you're working in a Planned Parenthood, you're going to see a little bit of blood air and, here and there. Yeah, and the thing is, this movie is based on a true story. But I feel <clears> like it didn't quite go down the way that this movie betrays it. Oh, quotes. What I found interesting about the movie was that after that first really bloody scene where the, the doctor literally says, beam me up, Scotty, as he's taking the baby out. And they, yeah. they show the, the display of the baby getting sucked out and its head is like the last thing to get sucked wow. out. It, it's really, it's, it's something else. It, it goes from that where she's horrified and she doesn't want to talk to anybody. And then it goes into this voiceover where she's like, now you're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Oh, and it's that. such a change in tone. It goes from this like horrifying scene with like so much blood in it. It seemed comedic suddenly to me over. Though. Yeah, it really did. Maybe, and like maybe that's what they were going for, though. It seemed comedic to me. If this movie was trying to go for comedy. Not only for that specific sequ- like time like for those four seconds i don't know i i just i don't think it i think it would turn off viewers if they decided to make the murder of a baby and then it was funny all of a sudden i think it's pretty funny i think they genuinely thought that was a good idea but anyways i think unplanned is like it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen this movie is just so incredibly factually inaccurate 
And it's made by Pure Flix. This is actually the first R-rated Pure Flix movie, which I think is interesting. But wow, everything about it. And it's not just its messages. It's the technical filmmaking aspects that are just so terrible. Whether it comes to the acting in it, which is so cheesy and overblown, or the dialogue. I mean, we've already said the infamous beam me up Scotty line. It's when, very infamous, yes. But beyond that, there's there's a line when she's talking to the lawyer and he said, you know what words always get through in court? Prove it. <laughs> Can you imagine being in court and your defense against someone's point is prove it? Oh, there's another one where um, the boss lady for Planned Parenthood, she's like, do you know what POC stands for? And then Abby Johns is the main person, like the protagonist. He's like, products of conception. And then she's like, no, pieces of children. <laughs> Who says that to someone? <laughs> and also, there's the whole part in the movie where they, the the, the McDonald's part. Oh, where, where, yeah. Okay, so it's after one of the board meetings where, you know, the whole point around Planned Parenthood is that the woman believes to, you know, make her redeemable to the audience that is anti-abortion, that is pro-life. The, the audience to make her seem relatable they portray her as a person that is at Planned Parenthood because she genuinely believes that she is helping out the lives of young women yeah. which interesting character choice yeah. so she stands up during the meeting and she says wait why are there so many abortions like why are we all focusing on abortions Isn't, shouldn't that be the last thing that we focus on and I mean it, and then afterwards <laughs> The, lady, the main lady pulls her aside and says, I can't believe you embarrassed me like that. And then she's like, okay, but why all this stuff about abortions? And then she goes on to explain that if McDonald's just sold the burgers, it wouldn't be a profitable organization. They make their money from the fries and the soda. Yes. And then she goes on to say that abortions <laughs> are the fries and the soda of Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Again, I don't care if you're pro-life or pro-choice. This movie is just so terribly written. Yeah, the dialogue is. is absolutely horrific. And the way... it This is a very two-sided topic. And I think no matter what side you're on, you have to admit there are there are good views on both sides with people who genuinely are caring. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's... I don't think... It's not like some other political topics where, like, it very much seems one-sided, like racism or something like yeah, that. Racism is pretty one-sided. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, like, that's bad. I think the people who, I mean, I have my own opinion on it, mm -hmm. but I think no matter what side of abortion you're on, you can admit that there are good people on the other side. This movie betrays everybody that is pro-choice as these evil, conniving people. I mean, towards the end, it's like the main antagonist woman is she's she's like got a like sick grin on her face and she's going up and she's like you won't get away with this and she yeah. brings it it's at the beginning it seemed very pro-choice uh very like towards pro-choice though like it's like okay you know when the when the hurricane hits right the texas hurricane yeah. and they're like oh we all gotta do this and then all the the rocky type music wells up and they're all like getting it done and everything those are very like you know like uh it seemed like a very you know, you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the the thing with this movie is that it completely changes its moral compass. It goes from being a movie that is through and through 
pro-choice to being a movie that is through and through pro-life and the switch is just so weird it's like there's so many juxtapositions in the movie where it completely changes and turns on its head and it it just doesn't work um i actually do have some interesting facts about unplanned so dr anthony levitino who played the doctor performing the abortion where a real doctor held the ultrasound probe is a board certified obstetrician gynecologist Wow. He's performed some 1,200 abortions in his life before converting to the pro-life cause, Oh, okay. which is interesting. So, so that was a real doctor who said the words, beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. Um, this one I think is hilarious. The actors in the movie were warned by colleagues against filming the movie as they believed it would damage those actors' careers. Okay, I've never seen those actors in any other movie. Yeah, that's because they're new actors. They're trying to get a startup, and they thought that being in that movie would hurt their careers. And I, I think that's hilarious. Uh, another interesting fact is that the movie was filmed in secret because the producers knew that it would face attacks because it was dealing with abortion and it was very much a pro-life movie. And this one I think is the most hilarious. Uh, the film was rejected by every single Canadian distributor that was a pro uh, that was approached. And thus it is not a movie in Canada. And beyond that, the two largest uh, Canadian theater chains have opted not to screen the film due to the film's content. So this movie is just not available in Canada at all. Wow. Yeah. And I I just, I think that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So overall, Unplanned, pretty, pretty terrible movie. What's your score out of 10? Mm-hmm. Out of 10, I would give it a negative two. <laughs> I think, I think the negative two, because it's, it's, it's a very dangerous movie. I genuinely think it's a very dangerous movie. Like, I feel like they could be teaching, they could be showing this movie in classes and like film colleges or whatever, showing you like the power of film to change public opinion, like to, to inform, to use emotion to, you know, just emotionally manipulate the audience. Yeah, just play with people like that. And I think that's the biggest problem with this movie is that it genuinely is harmful. It's spreading misinformation. Yeah. And I think there's there's room in this world for movies that are pro-life and pro-choice that display the topics fairly. But I just think that this movie doesn't at all. Um, I'm giving this a 1 out of 10. I've seen worse movies in my life, but oh, this, really? this is this is just absolutely horrifying. Awesome. All right, so now that we're done with Unplanned, we are going on to your little segment of the podcast. Oh, uh, this is where we... <laughs> what was that sound about? I, I don't want them to seem like we're being sponsored by them, you know? <laughs> you, you think... You, you think it'll seem like we're sponsored by this app that we're about to review? Well, there's there's not a lot of ads about us. So they might be just reaching out to podcasts and stuff. Yeah, we're not a popular podcast. I'm sure I'm sure nobody's <sighs> listening to this point. I Like, right now, we're just talking about... I, I heard that Pawn Jarker said that he <laughs> drives a lot and that he's going to listen to our podcast, so... Yeah, but he's not driving a lot right now because of Corona. Oh, he drives. Well, why wouldn't he be driving? Where? Because everything he likes is shut down. Like what? What is he like? Swimming. What? The else? pools are probably shut yeah, down. Yeah, pools are closed. But what? What? What about food? He likes food, right? He wants to stay alive. He goes. <laughs> he goes to Dan Burger or whatever. He grabs a sandwich or I don't know whatever. He That's goes, true. Ho- burger, hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully, Pond Charker is listening. Hello, Pond Charker. <laughs> if you are, uh, please please message me and Paul and uh, let us know that you got to this point in the podcast. No message. Oh, wait, because we're not live, <laughs> it's right? It's not live yeah, right now. Shoot. Anyways, uh, so 
We are going to review a mobile game. We are not about, sponsored by them. That is, not, yeah. Please make that clear. Very, very clear. This We're is not kind of grabbing the, money. This is kind of the intermission during the podcast. For, well, I uh, thought the intermission was back then right, when I was supposed to be quiet. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. I'm talking. This is the intermission between them all the movie talk. Oh, there's more movie talk. Oh, the box right. office. Right, we're going to talk about stuff. box office and video on demand. And awesome. you have a particular movie that you get to talk about that you really enjoy. Oh yeah. Uh, anyways, it anyways, starts with a J. Let's not get uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. The phone mobile game that we are reviewing now is Piano Tiles Two. Piano Tiles Two, yes. Yes, uh, I, I've never heard of Piano Tiles to be honest. I, I think they just came up with Piano Tiles Two as the first game. I actually played Piano Tiles when I was a kid. What? Yeah, I did. I I really really liked it. So, Respect anyways, to you, um, the reason that we're doing this segment is because Pahul plays so many mobile games. Oh, okay, to be fair, they're really fun. <laughs> it's it's still it's baffling how many he plays. So I think that taking his passion in mobile games and putting it in this podcast I wouldn't say it's a passion, bro. <laughs> I think it's a lifestyle. <laughs> putting taking his lifestyle and putting it in this podcast. Um I think it would be a great way to uh integrate both of our lifestyles. So generally what are your thoughts on piano tiles too? Well, I think that the clicking is very fun because all the piano tiles rush down and then you get to click them. And I feel really like intellectual when I'm playing the game. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm like Mozart, you know, just like... <laughs> I think this is a very important game for our society as it is right now because there's a lot of people out there who are like, damn, I wish I could like, you know, learn the piano. And then, you know, but they can't because I don't know. They don't have a piano. Pianos are very expensive. Yes, and they so, are. so they decide to get piano tiles too because it's a very friendly alternative. <laughs> like Mr. Mr. Stris Klinker. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't buy a piano because he has a baby daughter. So you just play piano tiles too or whatever, you know? I think that's a very fun alternative. So you like this game for the idea that it brings um, the fun People in. together. It, it brings musicians <laughs> and regular people together. It's like huge, you know, like this. It kind of teaches you both sides of, you know, playing these mobile games and making music. And you feel like you kind of get both of them when you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I also, I enjoy piano tiles. I mean, it's not. I I do. It's it's not my favorite mobile game of all time, which we will be reviewing at a different day. Wait, what is it? Uh, You know what it is. Oh. It's the one that I can't stop talking. No. No, it's not that one. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to get that one. Yeah, oh, yeah. You yeah. should get it. We should review it next week. Yeah, okay. Deal. Okay. Anyways, what I like about Piano Tiles is that it's very fast-paced. Like, the, the game is moving really, really quick. Exactly. And I think that they found a perfect threshold where it's, like, not too fast to the point that it's just impossible, mm-hmm. but fast enough to the point where you feel really skilled while you're doing it. And you feel really skilled while doing it. Like, it's great. It's insane how skilled I feel. Like, well, before we started recording, Pahul was playing it. And I was looking at him, and it looks like he's his fingers are moving crazy fast. And I feel like it's just fast enough for people to feel like they're like impressive by playing it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I very much agree with that. Yeah. Mick Nanha was very. No, impre- he's gonna be on the podcast. Mick Nanha was very <laughs> impressed with how I how fast I was, and I can't get rid of that feeling. You know, I felt like a rock star. In right. That moment. Yeah. Right. So, uh, do you have any qualms with uh, Piano Tiles too? Well, um, not really. I think it's a perfect game, and if God ever made a game, it would be Piano Tiles too. Yes. <laughs> so, th- is this one of your like all-time favorite mobile games? I wouldn't say all-time favorite, no, but I think it's up there. It's very much up there. Yeah. Uh, I have two problems with Piano Tiles too. Okay, I let's think hear this. one. I think a larger music selection would be appreciated. Well, what do you mean? 
mean? There's I mean, Alan Walker on there. It's a, it's a lot of pop. I think there's a lot of pop in there's it. There's classical it's in there. It's pop and classical, like... <laughs> what else would you... What what else can you get? I don't know. Like, give me a piano song. Rock like music? A, give, me a, give, me a, give me a rock one. Give me uh, a rock. Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, you Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones. Never heard of it. Moving on. You, that's that's <laughs> oh, a You want me to song. just give you a that's rock a song? song? That's a boomer song. How about song. any songs by the Beatles? Well, but you can't really... Because it's the same... They don't do a lot of stuff with the piano. Like, maybe... Yeah, they do. I mean, well, you can still transfer their songs into being piano songs. Oh, uh, but pop. that's pop. Beatles is pop. Bad. No, Beatles is also rock. Beatles kind of... That, that's, that's a discussion rock. for another time. Anyways. I think it's a discussion for any time <laughs> because this is not a music podcast. We, we should integrate music in it at one point. What are Nick's main passions? Cause we uh, Minecraft. Nick- oh, we, we should have a spot on Minecraft every uh, single... Sh- anyway, that's, that's it. That's all there is. Anyways, uh, my other qualm with Piano Tiles 2 is that I think it's a game that you can install and play a few times and you'll forget about it. Like, I, I've I've mostly forgotten about it. I don't think that it really has the staying power that a lot of great mobile games have. I, I want to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think that the, movie, uh, the, the game we're going to be reviewing next week... I feel the exact same way about because it's it's Ooh. literally just clicking and stuff. You okay, know? okay. We're, we're, I want to we'll save that, that conversation for later. But exactly. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, I still really enjoy Piano Tiles too. I think I'll give this mobile game a an eight out of ten. Wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah I, I think it. I'd say eight point five nine out of. You called it yeah. a perfect game. Nothing's perfect, bro. <laughs> Even God isn't perfect. Anyways, uh, now that we are done with that, we are going to kind of stream through the rest of it because the goal is to have an hour-long podcast. Oh, we could do this in... I, I don't think we can. Anyways, another segment of the show is that we will be talking about... Two minutes, the... seconds. Okay, go on. We will be, t- <laughs> we will be talking about the box office. Uh, Let me pull it up box on my office phone mojo. Here, box office mojo. Right. That's, that's, that's the app that we will be using. They're the best app that I know that's around to teach you about the box office you know box office is going to be a little difficult to discuss based off of you know COVID-19 shutting down a lot of the movie theaters this is a very interesting part of it right and in fact pretty significantly um there all of the major movies dropped at bare minimum 60 percent this weekend which is like huge drops all around uh the top five ended up being at number five the hunt with 5.3 million number four the invisible man with 5.9 million at number three, I still believe with nine point one million. Number two, Bloodshot with uh, nine point two million, and number one was Onward with ten point six million. I think that these box office numbers—they're actually pretty good for I still believe. I think and The Hunt; those were low budget movies. They, I think they probably yeah. would have made this much regardless of Corona. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think Bloodshot took quite a big hit. This movie had a forty-five million dollar budget. So it's not like a huge disaster if it doesn't do well, but man, it's with ten million dollars, okay. it's not making much I more. I don't understand why studios make movies like that. Like that seems so bad. Why do they? Well, think set about, out to make stuff like that. Think about Deadpool. Deadpool was a very risky movie. It was an R-rated comic book movie, and it, they made it for a really low budget of twenty-five million dollars. I think twenty-five to thirty. This is uh-huh. why we need Nick. We need the fact checker. Yeah. Um. But I think Bloodshot was, they kind of had the same idea in mind. They wanted to create a fun movie with a low budget so that they could see how it went. And obviously it's not going well. The studio is going to lose money. I think the big article of the week, though, is Onward. This movie is looking to be a financial disaster. It opened last weekend with $40 million. 
And that was the lowest opening for a Pixar movie in like quite a few years. The only ones that opened lower, I believe, were The Good Dinosaur and the first Toy Story, the very first Pixar movie. Wow, okay. That's, so that's pretty it's a pretty low opening. And a lot of people are like, oh, it was COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll end up having good legs. It'll carry on. It won't drop too much weekend. It dropped 73%. It's it's pretty devastating to have a movie um, do that. A lot of people have been questioning, why not just put it on Disney Plus? I mm-hmm. think it's a terrible idea. You won't make any extra revenue from that. Because more people won't sign up just to watch Onward. I think that what they need to do is, <clears throat> since all the movie theaters are closing, they need to take this movie out and put it back in when they reopen. I think that's the best solution for Onward. Okay, so <clears throat> speaking of On, I mean just Onward, something about that. So what was the Rotten Tomato score for that? Oh, for Onward? Yeah. I think it's it's in the 80% range. And so do you think it could be like a contender for the Academy Awards? Or do you think that the... For Best Animated Feature? For Best Animated Feature, yeah. I think any Pixar movie really has a really, really good shot at that. Uh, I think the problem is that, and I think the reason it didn't make as much money as expected, was that Soul is another Pixar movie coming out in June, or what will probably be delayed because mm-hmm. of all the all the movies delaying. Yeah. But I think interest for Soul is just way higher than interest for Onward. It did kind of get masked. I didn't hear anything about Onward. Yeah, and I think that they kind of dropped the ball in terms of marketing this movie. I think the COVID-19 concerns, it's really hard to compare it to anything else. Yeah. So I think Onward, I think that the movie is very high quality. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I think that it has a chance to go on and maybe get a nomination. But, you know, the year that The Good Dinosaur and another Pixar movie came out, I'm pretty sure it was the other Pixar. It was Inside Out. Inside, Inside Out was the Out, one that was yeah. nominated, and The Good Dinosaur was kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. And from reviews, I didn't personally didn't hold this opinion, but a lot of other people did, was that Onward was one of the lesser Pixar movies. It was on level with The Good Dinosaur. Which... I think I wouldn't agree with that, but I think if the general consensus is that the movie is around that range, I don't see this getting an Oscar nomination. I mean, a lot of people like have <laughs> weird opinions about the Pixar movies, you know, because like they said that Cars 2 was a bad movie, but I, I personally loved Cars 2. I adored that movie. Yeah, you know? it, it didn't get an Oscar nomination, though. No. Okay. That, that, that's the thing. Screw the Academy. <laughs> In limited release, you had Never Rarely, Always Sometime, or... Yeah, um, open. It opened in just four theaters and made $16,000, which is about a $4,000 per theater average, which ain't bad. Uh, but beyond that, the box office was pretty low this weekend. We can keep on reporting on box office because Box Office Mojo came out with a, an article saying that they are not going to give up. They are going to push forward and keep on releasing box office estimates as they get them. So if there's box office results next week and it's like onward with like $4, then... <laughs> Hey, at least we get to report on that, you know? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Also significant, I believe I read headlines that said this was the lowest box office for weekend since the 90s. Okay, I saw that headline too, so yeah. yeah. It's, that's just so... What happened in the 90s though? What's so bad about the 90s? I think movies just weren't as, you know, the, the blockbuster status wasn't around back then. Well, but to at least to as big of a degree as it is today. I feel like the culture, do you think that people are... Now, like, not a lot of people are going to the theaters, right? Like, n- not seeing, like, ignore COVID-19. Yeah. Just in general. 
are people not going to theaters as much or because of the streaming services and all that they have available at home and right that's a big topic to unpack and we're already an hour in Fine. so i am going I, I that is what i will say about that is that avengers infinity war i mean sorry endgame still went on to make 2.8 billion dollars Movies are still making ton of money. And in <clears throat> fact, I think that interest in the theater is very strong today. And I think a lot of people are going out and seeing these movies. And I think that streaming with this whole COVID-19 thing and movie theaters being shut down, I think with Trolls releasing, we might start seeing more VOD movies coming in the future. It's straight to VOD movies if Trolls World Tour is a success. So it all really hinges on that. Um, do you have anything else to say? Nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing All right, then we are going to move on to VOD movies, video on demand. This is the part where we would talk about new releases, but there's no significant limited or significant major openings this weekend. It was supposed to be A Quiet Place too, which would have been great, but that didn't happen. I would have watched that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we could have reviewed the first A Quiet Place with it. Yeah. would have been great. That would have been awesome. But there are three new movies that came to VOD. I'll let you talk about one of them, and I'll briefly go over the other two. So just... Uh, the three movies are Jumanji The Next Level, Black Christmas, and Richard Jewell. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on Jumanji The Next Level? Okay, I think Jumanji is a very important movie for this era because I think that, like, a lot of people don't like Jumanji. Like, the critics, critically, it's not, and I agree, like, there's not a lot of critically stuff about to be happy about, but I think it's a very fun movie, and I think that I was genuinely very, it was a genuinely very enjoyable movie, and to me, I don't like theaters because I can't go... I, I don't have a, a long attention span for movies. Like, mm -hmm. you know how you were describing, like, going on your phone and everything? Yeah. I do that for every movie. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So, it's... I really need to, like, pause in between, do something else, and then go back to it. Is that why I, you usually watch half of a movie and then the next night you'll watch the other half? Exactly, yeah. And Robert yells at me about that because, you know... And, and it makes sense. Some, some movies, you're not supposed to do that because... They're supposed to be taken in like as a package, but I just can't do it because uh, the the alternative is me just switching off and then not paying attention to anything. And that was that was what happened to me at the for the yeah <laughs> the last Apu movie that we oh. watched the trilogy. Yeah. Oh really, Apu Sansar? Yeah, like I didn't. I wasn't really paying, but I I was sleepy too. But like I I want to watch the third one again. Yeah, yeah, that one, that movie made me cry. Um, so overall, you really enjoyed Jumanji. The next overall, level. yes, I really enjoyed Jumanji and too. It, so being in the theater, that movie, you didn't have a problem with the attention span. I did not. No. Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty significant. That's what I like about Jumanji. They're fun, fast-paced action movies. They're not, you know, memorable. But in you, my that, opinion, but I think that's an important thing because, like, yeah, maybe it's not good being memorable, but. If someone can like kind of switch their mind up but still pay attention to a movie, yeah. I think that's a very important part of the entertainment industry. What I will say is that this movie is a great blend of entertainment for kids and entertainment for adults. I think it's got like yeah. it's hit that sweet spot mm -hmm. where it can entertain both demographics almost better than some like Marvel movies. Some yeah. Marvel movies are a little too dark for kids, and this one is just perfectly in the middle. Beyond that, the other two releases, Pahul hasn't seen. One is Black Christmas. Uh, it's a Christmas movie opening in March, so I doubt you're going to watch it anyway. But don't watch this one. It was terrible. It was on my bottom ten movies last year. Why the black year. part? Is it African Americans? That's no, why? it's uh, it's kind of a retelling, reimagining of another movie called Black Christmas. It's a horror movie, oh, so it's like a darker okay. version of Christmas. The original from 1978, fantastic. It's I to me, 
I view it as better than Halloween. You know, the classic Halloween yeah. horror movie. Yeah. And uh, what's really significant about that is that, to me, is that it felt like a lot of Halloween was taken from Black Christmas. They're very, ignore the dog barking. Um, they're very similar in the way that it's about a group of women trying to get away from the serial killer. But to me, Black Christmas is way creepier. And the thing is, it shows way less. So oh, <clears throat> there's yeah. a lot of creepy. Okay. Sorry about that. The uh, the dog barking went a little bit crazy. But anyways, what I was saying was that the the first Black Christmas, super effective. This one is very um, feminist with its message, which I don't think is a problem with the movie at all. But it's very passionately that way. And because of that, it loses like all of the horror elements. I wouldn't recommend watching this one. It's not even like a so bad it's good horror movie. It's just a bad horror movie. The other one is Richard Jewell. I think that this is actually a really good like rainy day stay at home movie. It's not great. It's pretty long, but I mean, it fills up time and it's never necessarily boring. And I enjoyed it. It wasn't a big hit at the Oscars, but I liked this one. So with that, I think we have completed the first episode of the Film Studies Club podcast. So awesome. if you want to hear any more about me talking about movies, you can go on YouTube and search for The Clever Critics or www.thecleverCritics.com. Um, additionally, if you want to hear Pahul removing movies, that sucks because he doesn't do it anywhere else. Uh, that Weird Indian is my Twitter account. Oh, <laughs> you're really going to advertise your Twitter? Sorry, That Weird Indian guy. <laughs> Wait, I don't know, actually. Check both. And, um, yes. And are we going to have outro music at the end? Like, uh, I told Nick to look up <laughs> some outro music, so either it's going to cut off really abruptly or you're going to hear some outro music going out of it. Yeah. Right now. <laughs>